Hello, people. It's Jarrell Woods. And it's Aisha Woods. And this is $2.25 change. Some people give their two cents on a subject, but we're a bit extra. So we're going to give our $2, our 25 cents. And some change. And some change. Today we have our special guest. Callie Meister. Woo, Callie Meister. <laughs> or Callie Meister Superwoman, as my boy Amir claimed her to be one Aww. day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Callie is uh, a great friend of mine. Uh, we met each other about mm, like two years ago. About two years ago. Mm -hmm. Back at, we were both doing work at Mercy Junction. Um, and I immediately, you know, took to her. She is such a good spirit, such great energy. And she's a legit Real deal, 100% psychic. <laughs> I know. That's so Well, I'm no sort of like that, sort of like that, so Raven, and sort of like practical magic, and sort of like <laughs> a lot of different things. Yeah, it's 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 eclectic. I guess that's the best way to put it. It's it's a lot of skill that uh, leads to one big crazy girl essentially <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing we want to talk about was um, because me myself me he me yeah. him uh, we've always kind of been uh, acclimated or uh, we've all kind of leaned toward the occult as we grew up we always loved the movies that depict that had you know witches in it and stuff like that the craft was one of our favorites we, we, all, we always liked the supernormal stuff yeah paranormal stuff you know um, and it's mostly because, quiet as it's kept, there our house that we grew up in was haunted. <laughs> and those experiences that some of us had were more heightened depending on how sensitive we were to it. Yeah. So we had like our cousin Kelsha, who was very sensitive uh, growing up. And I remember she would tell us about things that she would hear and see and that none of us heard or saw. But then, I mean, I saw things that y'all didn't see either. You right, know exactly. It's like, man. I mean, I had a one who, you know, he, he come sleep with me and now then, but that nigga didn't bother me too much. Oh, he lay in the. I've had that too. Where I like was they just come sit in the bed, yeah. and you look over, <laughs> and, and then you'll wake like, up. Yeah, you'll see, like you'll see the indent, the indent of yeah. a body in the bed with you, but you're like, I don't. Well, you know what? Just don't be hogging the cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. So it didn't uh, bother me. So I was just like, "You sleep, I sleep. We okay? We okay? We okay?" All <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've always kind of regarded these things as something that was just a part of uh, our lives growing up, and we've always kind of leaned towards these supernatural things as not so much as things that are scary or of the devil, but more things that are um, gifts. They're a part of nature, and we kind of get. A bit of an insight to a part of nature that most people just can't perceive. Yeah, it's energies. I mean, and it, and it makes sense. I talked to a lot of people who um, grew up in haunted houses, and I do feel like as children that opened you up a little bit more. I mean, I think we all have this on some level. And um, I grew up in a very, very haunted house. In fact, it's so weird that this is happening. Again, psychic weird coincidences. Mm -hmm. My mother and I were talking yesterday about the haunted house that everything happened for me in. Mm -hmm. And um, we had moved into this house and it had a long history. And um, so my mom was moving in. It was me and my mom and my younger brother and her parents. and. We were, they were spending the night there and I was sleeping upstairs in my mom's bed with my, my grandparents and she was sleeping on the couch and this thing appeared to her in the living room and she couldn't move. It just, it, it froze her. Mm. And at the same time, I was in the bed with my grandparents. I was probably about four, three or four. And um, I just started saying, look at the pretty lights. Look at the pretty lights. Look mm. at the pretty lights. And I started sweating just profusely. And my... Um, grandparents sort of freaked out and everything just evolved to where it all went away it all just sort of stopped but from that that's the first memory i have in a way i mean i kind of remember it i don't remember it well but i do remember it i recall it mm -hmm. and i was telling my mom yesterday we had a long talk about this actually and i was saying how for me i the thing i miss out on from childhood is that i don't have memories i have feelings mm. Like, remember that time when dad did this thing? I don't remember anything that happened, but I remember how it felt. Mm -hmm. 
And my mom said, well, that makes sense because we were always really concerned about your ability to feel things so deeply. Mm. And to the point where she's like, we talked to doctors, you know, we weren't real sure what was going on. And the doctors were saying, we, we don't know what this is. This is not medical, but this is something that is definitely present. And so my mom was very open in certain regard to all of that, but it, it was it was a trial by fire growing up with it. I mean, it, it, it had its pluses, it had its negatives. I mean, when you're in high school and you're hearing voices and you're seeing dead people and you know things, um, you do reach a point where, because I mean, puberty sucks anyway. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about that, honey. Exactly. Teenagers suck. It sucks. It's so we suck. We treat each other so fucking awful, awful. as teenagers. It is terribly blame. Yeah, it's awful. But when I think about the things that I've said and the things that I've done to people when I was a teenager, I was like, I was so fucking mean. And imagine... That growing up in that type of environment yeah. with those types of people going going through, through and you're like <laughs> I see dead people and they're like this bitch is crazy exactly and that, that was it to the point where um, I don't want to say about her she and her name's yeah. Callie oh my god imagine the nicknames creepy Callie oh yeah oh my god Callie Meister is Callie Monster oh wow yeah Callie yeah. Monster for the longest time and um, it, but it, 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 was, it was it was it was hard it was very hard to the point where there was a point in my 20s where I looked up to to the universe and mm -hmm. I, I prayed and I, I said this is overwhelming this is really hard if this is something I'm not supposed to have then I don't want it mm -hmm. you know um, and it, it, it went it pulled back hmm. for a little while but then I, I got real close to 30 and it just went poof guess what we're back hey not only that we're gonna tell you our names and we're gonna we're gonna be really 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 big and you have to do this you have to do this you put your life on hold you put your life on hold and I mean that's what's so weird too it, it's kind of it doesn't only help me with other people I have to listen to it and that's part of the lesson I think is that you have to listen to yourself a lot of us detour our own destinies and we sit here with our hands over our ears and go, la, 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 la. And honestly, I think with what I have, that's all I do is yeah. I tell people, okay, listen to yourself and follow your true destiny because you are putting other people before yourself or you're, you're living in your fears or you're lacking faith in yourself or you're ashamed of who you are. And so these things that I hear, this knowing that I have, it works in that to just nurture people in what I think they already know. Mm. And what they need to hear a lot of times, um, my dad died in 1990 and, oh, um, that was part of it too. Mm. Um, part of when I ask it to back off, um, I still have issues with wondering whether he loved me. I still, and, and what sucks being a psychic is when you can see everybody else's dead relative, but your own. Wow. And so I could not communicate with my dad and I begged. I'm like, please, please, please just give me signs. And he would give me signs, but I was so stubborn. It didn't mean enough to me. It mm. wasn't until I had to have other people who, and I felt like that was a lesson to go out into my community and find other people mm -hmm. who had this so they could say, listen, you know, this is what your dad wants you to hear and stop beating yourself up. Start living your life. And I could hear him through them. And then I would say, okay, well, who do you need? And they could hear who they needed through me. Mm. And I mean, oddly, that's, that's how it works. I mean, even just last night I did some readings and this woman I did a reading for, she's also a reader. And she sent me a picture of a bracelet that she made. And um, she said, I'm supposed to give this to you. And I, I'm not sure why, but the song, um, Have You Ever Seen the Rain by uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival is mm. important. And that's a song my dad sang to me when mm. I was little. And I, I hate that song. I absolutely hate that <laughs> song. But um, in that moment, I knew that that was such a strong message from him. And in the last week, I'd been like, Dad, I need something. I need something. And, and that appeared. And it's amazing how spirit works. Mm. It's there when you need it. And, and that's the one thing that I like to put out in my business and the things that I do. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, and thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I also wanted to know, too, like, as 
someone who has these gifts. The, of course, we know the general population just doesn't always don't get re- it. Yeah, or they don't regard they don't, it as something yeah. that's that's real or true. That's oh, she's just somebody who's you know very observant. Call me now, trying to get my little money. Right, <laughs> or those that uh, test you. Oh, excuse me, pardon. Those that test you yeah. and give you the um, so what am I thinking right now? Oh, like, <laughs> it's yeah. so funny that you were like, spirits there when you need it, so it's like it's not, it doesn't work that yeah. way. It's not something that you can just, but then that's the craziest thing because you know, when she said that, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, Christians, you know, like the Bible always says, like, you know, they always say, He may not come where you want him, yeah, he'll <laughs> so be there, there right on time. time. Right. <laughs> It's not like when you want things to happen, like when you think, when you're sitting up here frustrating and break, wrecking your brain trying to get something to happen, when you sit back and just allow something to come to you, sometimes things come to you faster than you trying to, you know, force something to happen. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. Emphasis on relationships, ladies. <laughs> Amen. That's very true. And also, it's the, there's, there's the, 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 I mean, when it comes well down to it, when you get it, when you get round to the nitty gritty and keep it real, uh, stop hating, stop hating. People are looking at the situation. They're like, "Oh, it'd be so cool to have that." How come she gets to be special? And it's like, well, with, with these abilities comes responsibility yes. and comes a lot of things that most of you trust me. You don't want to deal with and you don't want to see. And it's like. I mean, our just experiences growing up in that house. You don't waking up in the middle of a house and in the middle of the night and and having someone be in there with you that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, it's but you can feel this presence in there with you, or sometimes see it, or sometimes hear it. Right. You know, it's like. That's is that really something that you want to 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 have? Not and then you can't talk to people about it. You can't just go tell your friends about it because if you tell your friends, then you become the crazy. Like, oh, bitch, you are crazy. And right. so spirit has this way of um, dealing with things that humans don't like because they're not as emotional as we are. Like a good example for me, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is I did a reading for a woman whose son had killed himself. Mm. And, and I've, I've okayed, I don't talk about my clients. This is a client that she's aware that I talk about her in public. And um, when I first tuned into him, I literally just saw his body in a black, just space where his face should be. Oh. And immediately I was like, okay, and, and it's hard to ask these questions, you, you know, and, and it's hard to tell them what spirit says because I'm like, well, um, did he kill himself? Yes. Did he shoot himself? Yes. Did he shoot himself in the head? Yes. Okay. And then immediately he comes through and he's like, that was an accident. Oops. What? Now, and that's the way spirit feels about it. It's like, this was an accident to them. They're just like, oops, bad decision making. And, and so what for me is difficult is that looking at this person and say, okay, how do I tell them right this. tell them they're just like oops yeah exactly because you know there's pain there i mean right. if she's contacting me then there's a level of pain that she's needing to deal with and i want to be sympathetic to that and 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 that's always my thing i i want to be compassionate i want to be kind i don't want to be the person who does a reading and you leave in tears because you're pissed right you know i want to be the one who that when, if you're in tears it's because you feel like something has has opened up for you something has healed and um yeah, that that's that's my goal. But it, you guys, it's hard. I mean, it, it's, right. it's it's difficult to see those things and hear them and try to communicate them. And, and then also some people can't. Y'all can't even see your papa cheat on your mama without having a mental breakdown. <laughs> some of y'all cannot see certain things. You know, yeah. it's just you're you're not mentally prepared for certain things at all. Yeah. And even those that can't see it aren't always mentally prepared. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm up. You want to keep it real. But that's, you know, and, and it's so funny um, because I think that the reason that people need or, or seek out counsel from people like Callie um, is that they really want to see, uh, they want to see they want to know. It's like we all want to know. It's when what what I, what really nags at us and what really claws at the back of our mind is those questions, those things that we never got to answer, those things that we never got to say, those things that we never had resolved, and those things itch and scratch at us so much that even as we pass on, they can still keep us anchored. Yeah. Right. So it's it's um, and I think we can be anchored by the same things to uh, of, of in, in spirit and in body 
you know, and that's what's going to connect you across that border. That's why they break through that veil because that that unfinished business is keeping you guys connected through that whole through the veil between dimensions, and that's so crazy to know that we have that much power in ourselves that Mm -hmm. what we want what we desire how we feel what was truly deep in our hearts is what really motivates us can move mountains and pierce dimensions and knowing that it's always important that we can see ourselves reflected in everything around us so that we can truly know what we're capable of and act accordingly amen amen So, why we need to see us, and I don't mean the new Jordan Peele movie, I know we haven't seen it yet, but when we do, best believe we will be talking about it. But what I mean by us, I mean why it's important for us to see ourselves reflected in the media around us, in our books, in our movies, in our TV shows, uh, on the news in positive ways, because the media influences us. I've been watching this show called uh, on Stars from Stars called American Gods, and it's very interesting um, because it's basically this battle between the gods of old, like Odin and and, and um, those people, and the new gods, and one of the new gods. Uh, Uh, is media and media is extremely powerful Mm -hmm. because it influences the way that we think our belief is literally dictated by the media so with that being said if I as a black man I'm only seeing media that says that I'm a thug that I am uneducated that I am low income that it's I do achieve that great- I am destined for prison right or if I do achieve greatness that I have to be in a gang yes or if I do achieve greatness is gonna be gotta wear Jordans yes or <laughs> if I do achieve greatness is gonna be by dumb luck you know um, then how else am I going to conduct myself moving forward you know if you know my the two luscious ladies next to me <laughs> you know are seen as oh well if uh, if you are in a bigger body that means you're unhealthy that means you're undesirable yeah. that means that that you always second fiddle to someone who's pregnant. Especially if you're of a certain age, too. Oh. I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. And uh, try, I don't know if you have children, but try aging and not being married without children. I, I don't know why people can't deal girl, with that. Girl, girl. <laughs> I'm 27 with no kids. I'm fucking ancient. Okay. <laughs> Something is wrong with my vagina because I have not popped out any kids. Exactly. Oh my Something's God. wrong with it. It's not good at all because I because apparently no man wants to have conceive a child with me. Yeah. So something's wrong with my vagina. Instead wrong. of me not wanting to have child, it's something wrong with me. It's uh, it's wrong with me. Yeah. It's not me making the executive decision not to have a child. Right. No, that ain't nothing wrong with her. Her shoe. Her vagina probably works perfectly fine. We won't know because the condoms that she uses prevents her from uh, using (laughs) that particular function. I was a non-traditional student at UT and my favorite thing, I went to the non-traditional student union and after this one time I swore I'd never go again, but I walked in and there were all these women who were my age and they walked up and they were like, so are you married? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh. (laughs) And they're like, well, do you have children? No. Oh. <laughs> Are you seeing anybody? No. Oh. And I remember my favorite part, like I turn around and walk away and this woman goes, I bet she's an L-E-S-B-I-N. Oh, and no, she ma'am. whispered it and I thought, that is brilliant. I mean, wh- why you right. make all these assumptions about me just because I don't want to be a part of your baby factory? Right. You know, it's like well, America. I, I think America. <laughs> the baby factory. The baby. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right. It's like, and and I and I thought of this subject being apropos for this particular occasion and this particular guest because Callie was instrumental in Knoxville and created an organization that promoted women in film. And she created uh, short films and films that depicted, you know, um, herself, women like her, you know, in in interesting uh, and and very empowering lights. See, I'm a filmmaker. I forgot that part too. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> right. And I've always uh, said. Um, it was funny because I remember when I was in film school, I uh, used to write these scripts and films that uh, everyone loved. They, they loved uh, what I was creating, but they commended me actually one time because 
although I am a black filmmaker, all my films weren't about being black. Yeah. And they were like, that's really cool. And I'm like, yeah. why? Why is that cool? Yeah. I say, if I was black and I wanted to make films about being black, I should be able to do that. Exactly. Because you make films about being white. The only thing is, because white is everywhere, you think that your films are what's normal. Right. So any story that you tell is, of course, just any, just a story. It's just a story. But if any story that I tell has to be some sort of fight Negro for... Negro spiritual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or some sort of fight for, for rights because I'm black. So it's like, you know, I write my reality the way that I see it or the reality that I wish I would see uh, or reality that um, that is shown to me but I don't and I try to make sure that who I am is represented in there so you're always going to see a black character you're always going to see a character that's LGBTQIA you're always going to see a character that is musically inclined you're always going to see a character that um you're gonna see you're gonna see parts of me and reflected into those characters and the life that I've lived because as artists we get to do that like God created us in His image I create my creations in mine you know exactly. and the thing is that's important because there is some kid out there that's black and LGBTQIA that would love to see a depiction of themselves as the hero as something other than than some sort of wacky side character there for everybody's comic relief. Exactly. Right. But see, that's what I had. um, I was, you know, gracious enough to work with a guy, a young guy from McDonald's. I won't say his name. But he went to college. He graduated from high school and he was gay and he was outwardly gay. And he went to college. He went to Clark Atlanta. And he was going to be a doctor. And I was just, you know, very proud of him. And very, you know, he was just like, because you don't see a lot of black Man, the male doctors one. You don't see a lot of black male doctors one. Then he was like black male and gay, hourly openly gay. You don't see a lot of those as well. So I was just like, you know, I'm proud of him trying to go. He's still in college. He's still doing very well. I check up on the nigga often. Cause if you gonna do it, bitch, you gonna do it. Don't get me all hyped up. <laughs> don't play with me. Yeah. So. I feel super lucky to be able to have done all the film work that I've done and right now I'm actually currently working on something because I've got a team that was She Wonder Productions and which is me and a bunch of guys which isn't that ironic <laughs> um, but I, the first film I made was like a pressure cooker sort of thing I was, I was complaining because I went to this film festival and literally 23 of the 25 films featured the death of a female character mm. to propel the rest of the, the male cast through the story mm. and so you just had all these like in fact I just jokingly called it the the 24 hour let's kill a bitch film festival (laughs) because it was just like all I saw were women dying and so my friend was like well do something different do something different do something different so the next year I literally signed up not having a team or anything and I went on Facebook I'm like "Um, can anybody edit and shoot because I'm I'm doing a film festival and the only thing that really scared me is I write things for myself and then I, I push myself and then I'm, I have the separate script in my hand as the actress and I go, what the hell did I do? Why, why would I let myself stand you know, in a pair of panties and a tank shirt? in my 40s with a big ballet and big boobs and nipples showing and everything and I we filmed it and I was okay and it was the night we were going to show that and and there were like 500 people at this event Mm. and I'm seeing back this is the first film I've ever made myself and I was like I don't know if you can feel the energy I was going to have a nurse breakdown I was shaking I was in the back row I was holding hands with people and I feared what seeing my big body on a big screen was going to do to me. And you know what the best part was is when it got to that point and she's trying to seduce the film's called Fag Hag Mm -hmm. and she is going to have sex with her gay best friend. So they think I have a baby. So they decided to do it old fashioned way because and he's kind of sick about that. He's like vagina. I don't even like oysters. But um, (laughs) so (laughs) they decide to have traditional sex and so there's a scene where she's dressed like the village people guy the construction guy she's got the construction hat not the village people and she's wearing red panties and like a men's suspender shirt and I'm just standing there at the door like woo sexy sexy Mm. and that scene came up and I I could taste my own bile I mean that's how scared I was and the audience applauded and you know that's the thing that I think is beautiful about opportunities that are happening for (laughs) non-white men mm. <laughs> you know um, it, it, it's it's nice to finally know that there's other narrative 
it's it's nice to know. Now, can we still have that narrative? Yes, we can. It's fine. But I like Tom Cruise. There you go. <laughs> I will admit, I want to be Sandra Bullock. I can't help it. You know? um, but it was nice to have an audience because I thought they were going to throw fruit. I thought they were going to throw stuff, popcorn. But they were, and people came up after, and they were like, "That that was awesome. That 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 was brave." And then that isn't that a double standard? That was brave. Well, okay, what was so brave? About what was so brave about it? Exactly. Right. If I was walking up here, what was it, 36, 22, 36, what is it, what is it, what are the measurements? Um, if I was those, if I was over here bombshell, then you guys would be like, oh, that's so brave. And like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's Tuesday. It's, exactly. And a bimbo has her boobs out, you know? Right. But, you know, exactly. a plus size one, <laughs> Ooh, being me. brave enough to, you know, wear a, you know, be sexy on screen, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's rare. Yeah. You know, that's something that they don't see a lot. And you know, but now in social media, now BBWs are the fucking thing. Yeah. Oh my, if I were 20 now, I think I'd rule the world. Wow. I mean, I really think I would. I'm like, oh, bitch, where the fuck was this seven years ago? Yeah. Plies, Plies uh, put out a call because he wants to do a whole new video to his song, Bounce. And he wants all BBWs for it. Oh. oh, he was like, he wants videos. He said, wants them to sit in. He wants big, beautiful women in his video. He said, all plus size girls. Will he take a GBBW, a geriatric? Girl, <laughs> <laughs> you better get on there and throw that in. Bounce, 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 You guys can't see it, but there's a lot of ass. There's a lot of jiggling being thrown right now. Right okay. now. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> You might see everybody. We, we all, all three of us might have a video. All three of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm most definitely putting mine in. Did y'all feel those tremors? There you go. That's one ass cheek. <laughs> I'll just tell you the other. This is my other. I hope people look this up. You have to watch this. Like mm. The other nervous breakdown I had is I did the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. And that was a boys club. Like mm. It had always been guys, 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 guys. Not, not even with intention. It just was because that's how film was. And I had a filmmaker who did the festival say, you can't freak me out. And I said, oh, no, I totally can freak you out. Oh, no, what are you going to bring? I'm like, I'll freak you out. I did something called uh, 28 Days Later, a true period piece. Oh, no. And it was the exorcist, but instead of her being possessed, she was getting her period. And we had blood flowing everywhere. I was Aunt Flo. And at one point, I have my legs wide open, and I'm wearing Wonder Woman underwear with a wig underneath the underwear with blood all over the wig. And I'm drinking tequila and eating a Sarah Lee's chocolate pie. And I'm just, like, shoving it all over my face. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And now when I'm filming this, this was funny. And I teach it at college. So I was like, I turn it in and I immediately go to my best friend's house and have a nervous breakdown. I'm like, they're seeing the gateway into Cali at this point, you know? And so, um, but yeah, it, it went well. Like I, I won an award for best actor for, for that role. And then um, I had the boy owed me 20 bucks because the minute that menstruation stuff popped up, he was like, oh, and I went, I told you I would freak you boys out. I told you you were going to be grossed out. Because women stuff is scary exactly <laughs> <laughs> women's stuff is scary it's a tampa <laughs> it's a diva cup Ooh. what does it sing <laughs> right it's a bra <laughs> shit man would be scared if they had to wear bras y'all know that underwire hurts y'all man the underwire hurts my girls they tell me they talk about it all the time and you guys like want to sit over one around here talking about Dita Von Teese y'all realize how what she has to do to put on that corset <laughs> let me tell you all I was laughing because I seen the one comedian said that every school in high school should make it a class that everybody has to switch clothes. The guys have to oh, wear okay. female clothes and uh, the girls have to wear guy clothes. He said, so when you see a girl out in the club and she got on those sexy ass heels and that bra and them titties sitting up on file and that body going to pop out. He said, the first thing you're going to think is, oh my God, her feet must hurt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And every time you see a guy. about the underwire, oh my God, hey. And every time the girls see a guy with a button down and some jeans and some nice uh, like gator shoes, they're going to be like, oh, that's all he gets to wear. 
No, no, no. Oh, that's, we're gonna all be his, looking, that's all his gender gets be, to wear. But we're going to be looking at his feet, too, because I'm sorry. Some of them dress shoes oh. are not fucking comfortable. Ladies. No, they are not. Men have to go. They go through their own shoe pants. Those, those pointed shoes, they're not comfortable. Them hard them soles, they're are not are comfortable. Not, they, they be looking oh. nice in them bitches, but they feet And them ladies that like your cowboys, them butts. Them butts? Not oh, comfortable. Yeah. No, those jeans are awful. And those jeans, oh my God, them Wranglers? Nut huggers. Do you not know he had to wiggle just like how you wiggled to get in yours he wiggled to get in them and bitches. he had to tuck yeah so i want to go back to the 70s with all the polyester and stretchy stuff and yeah shoes. <laughs> and, and the bright ass colors and the bright ass colors just like everybody could see each other and they were pretty happy and yeah, they did seem to be pretty happy <laughs> huh? off the sex oh wow see she said love, she said the 70s not ancient greece <laughs> So, <laughs> free love, man. <laughs> and that was in the 60s, fool. <laughs> free love was the 60s. So, it's really, but yeah, like those types of stories, the things that we're talking about, like there's somebody out there that can definitely relate to that. And they can definitely um, say, wow, I'm not alone. Wow, I can be who I am, still be successful, still live a happy life, still be loved. But they're not going to be able to see that unless they see us. In, in film, us. In, yeah, yeah. We have to, it's why it's important to see us, you know. Uh, and when we actually see Jordan Peele's us, we'll let you know. <laughs> so, I know you guys, if you've been really listening, we've talked about <laughs> Callie, the fact that she is a psychic uh, reader and advisor. She's a teacher uh, at um, college level. <laughs> she also is a film uh, maker. She. Uh, does poetry, mm-hmm. she sings, she's an actress as well. Uh, let's see, what am I missing? I know I'm missing something. I make jams. I make really good jams. <laughs> <laughs> I make jams. Make jams and jellies. She can host events. Um, Organize events. Uh, she's yeah. Does, she's she's an administrator. She can do administrative and clerical work. I, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how the hell that happened, but it did. But yeah, yeah. I mean, everything from oh, and I also do a lot of uh, public speaking in regards to sexual assault survivors because I have a degree in psychology, and then I have survivor as um, I'm a rape survivor. So I do a lot of stuff with that too. So she's a jack <laughs> of all trades and master <laughs> of none. Amen. <laughs> But the, <laughs> the that people people mix that saying up. They don't uh, realize that there's more to it. It's jack of all trades, master of one, but better than a master of none. Oh, wow. That's the full thing. So because some of y'all are a master of one, okay, and yeah. ain't got nothing else, stuff, and you be done. Yeah. That ain't a way to live, son. Bars, I had the bars. Okay, so <laughs> so it's like um, I fancy myself to kind of be a jack of all trades and my, myself. You know, I sing. I used to dance back in the day. I've done choreography. I can write both stories and film and uh, poetry. Uh, I do public speaking. Uh, I've done stand up comedic comedy. Pretty much anything about. Uh, creative expression I've pretty much done it um, editing film organizing events cl- like all that type of stuff uh, that, that's uh, I, you know it, uh, you, you kind of like call those skills over a while like Aisha Aisha is a comedian and Aisha can dance a lot of people don't know that and she can do choreography she's also an actress uh, she used to sing I mean I got you on the back though <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my friend Patrick before I, I came over here because I was like, oh, what, you know, what do I talk about? And he brought up something when I was talking about jack of all trades. And he said, wouldn't it be interesting? He said, because he feels like people who are jacks of all trades were treated like the the, 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 the attraction at a circus. Mm. Like it's like, oh, you're so special. You're so special or you're so different. When in reality, he's like, everybody I know is good at like hundreds Multiple of things. things. And he said, we ought to start treating the people who do just the one thing 
as as the exotic because right. it's like you're actually more exotic at this point because you everybody right. is working their hustle at this mm-hmm. point and so it's like we all got our hustle and I, I joke it's like well, people like well what do you um, what's your favorite phrase and I'm like my favorite phrase is check and closed or uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know make sure that you pay me and I'll do it you know right. <laughs> that's Okay, mine is secure the bag. There you go. <laughs> secure the bag. Once I get that to break deposit, baby, I got you. What you name it home? I got yeah. silly. <laughs> mine is talent, charm, but above all, drive. But yeah, but yeah. still, I'm the money. The money is always, you know, important, and yeah. it will come. But at the same time, it's like I think that reason that people are jack of all trades are regarded to be so yeah. special is because of no, the jack of all trades that are extroverted that put themselves yeah. out there are the ones that are true because I was just going to say it's a lot of because there's a lot of people that do a lot of things but people don't know they don't they sleep on their talents until you really until somebody else tells them like you can do this you exactly. can do that you can do this you can do that you're sitting here and you got all this talent you're sitting on yeah. but some people don't have the initiative and the drive to actually push themselves forward right yeah. so like Asia. Yeah. So I had to call you out real quick because for, I know like for Aisha like it was a uphill battle getting her to get on stage. I'm like you're hilarious. You're good enough yeah. to get yeah. on this stage and wow people. And I'm telling you, you're not gonna sit here sitting on your ass managing a McDonald's for the rest of your life. Get on that stage, goddamn it, you know. And uh, I was a little nervous. I ain't gonna lie. I still get nervous before performances. I don't know why. I don't know what the fuck they're good for. But hey, I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> but you are getting better. I mean, I, you felt really comfortable when we was when we did pride when you when oh we, yeah yeah and you felt like you was really comfortable she hops in front of this fan and starts like doing the beyonce dance oh, she had this dress that's flowed with the wind and i was like oh lord beyonce i let herself go <laughs> i love it how the fuck you you ate a couple need... of donuts too jay-z <laughs> i think we just need somebody to tell us that we're exceptional Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really think that that's, and it's odd, like, the conversation I had with my friend Patrick, which he'll be so thrilled I'm talking about him. Um, <laughs> we love the you, last Patrick. Thing, we love you, Patrick. Right, shout out to Patrick. <laughs> to Patrick. Not the last the thing he said is, I'm an exceptional person. Mm. And he said that about himself, and all I could think was, well, will you say it back to me? Mm. And, and then I thought, well, I, as an artist, I have to be able to do that. But it does help to have that, you know, somebody to look at you and go, you're exceptional. Right. And, and that's why people like you and Aisha are so awesome because it's like, okay, you, you, sometimes you just need that person mm-hmm. to just go, do it. Right. Because <laughs> it's all about the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. I've kind of learned that too. Like when I was kind of like, no, I'm all right. I'm good. I ain't going to do it. I was surrounding myself around people who did not have any initiative, did not have any drive. They were comfortable in the place that they're at. And then when I look back, they're still in the place that they're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that I'm just above and beyond, but I'm actually making steps and trying to move forward and do the things that I said I was going to do. Me and you both said we were going to make these steps, and you ain't made no steps. Right. I'm making steps, and you're not making any steps. We said, like, because... it, it, I speak it to you know, a, a great friend of mine um, uh, who's pretty private, so I'm going to keep her name out of it. But we were talking to her the other day, and she was saying how uh, when her, her life is at its lowest, she's like, I'm a good person. I try to do right by people. I take care of my family. I take care of my folks. You know, uh, I, I don't treat anybody badly, you know. So why why me, God? Where's, where's my blessings, right? Yeah. And then she said that God said to her, finish something. And she's like, finish wow. something? What do you mean I finished something? I got a whole bunch of shit I ain't finished. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she, um, it was a novel, a book that she had been working on that she um, took her six months, but after she finished that book yeah. and pu- self-published it, um, the things that, that she was wanting in her life started to manifest for themselves. Yeah. And for me... My whole thing is I've always started stuff and never finished anything. Yeah. Because when you got so, it's like, and because when things aren't mm-hmm. seeing that immediate return, I'm like, okay, I got to move on to something else. I got to do something else that's going to, that's going to get, you know, because when I was in a place where I needed to just like, I was creating and creating was also my first source of income. I had to scramble to try yeah. to make something that, that people were going to buy. Survival. Right. Yeah. You know, and I would never finish anything. So with this situation, like, uh, with my sister, I said, okay, I want to 
to do a podcast. I'm going to do a project. I want to do a project with my sister. I said that, right? We started going live every now and again on Facebook, but it was kind of inconsistent. It was really hard to kind of keep it together because Aisha is very particular about how she's depicted when she's put online on camera, right? And I understand that. You know, she don't want to look like a booger wolf. I get it, you know? And so... Because y'all be talking too much shit and I like to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> anywho, so yeah, I was like, uh, our dad was like, you know, watch I do a podcast. Like, I don't do a podcast. We was like, who listens to podcasts? Who listens to podcasts? <laughs> of course, you would say podcast because you're over sixty, angel. right? You know, call upon the like, angel. Hey, I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Fit right to that demographic. We stand. Uh, we are, we, no, we stand uh, validated, you know. But either way. Always. <laughs> but um, we've been consistent with it. You know, yeah. we've, we've made a plan and we've seen it through. And this is going to be, uh, let's see, what episode, how many episodes oh, in are we? Yeah, we've, we've done, at this point, um, since January, we've been putting out two podcast a month and have stayed consistent with that you know and as I've been stayed consistent with that I've seen growth and I've seen uh, uh, I've seen measures of growth in my life throughout you know uh, that's the only thing about being a jack of trades of all trades that you have to be wary of is that when you have your fingers in so many pots sometimes you let some of them overboil yeah. some of them will go out some of them will go cold will go right. spoiled if you don't make sure that you can like that you can manage all of them right yeah sometimes you have to cut some of your trades off okay let me to cut you off and I'm gonna turn these over here and focus on these few that I got over here and make this work and when I make this work and get this to a consistent and steady flow then I can start I can turn on one pot see and I mean I have a friend who I feel like every time the school year starts he overfills himself he overflows himself he gets into this organization and that organization. I'm sure you've seen so many students oh, yeah. who do that. Every semester you get in so many different organizations and yeah. you're trying to do so much. And you're like, well, it's going to look good on my resume. Yeah. And you're like, slow the fuck down. Yeah. No, no, it won't look good on your yeah. resume because the fact of the matter is you'll be doing a disservice to yourself and the people that you're you'll trying be to half help. Ass and because you'll half ass do everything and you're not going to be considered some, or regarded as somebody that can come through and someone that they're going to recommend. They're going to say, this person overloads himself, has poor time management, and cannot be trusted to fill, fulfill the task that they obligate themselves to because they overload themselves. That's what they're going to say about you. The thing about it is, it's like you have to start seriously thinking about your life and how you conduct yourself and how you manage and prioritize your time it's not abandoning anything it's simply saying okay how do I prioritize what I need to do in order to better serve myself the people that I serve and you know the 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 universe as a whole right um, that's that's, it's, that's a, it's a, there has to be that balance there, and you also have to think about, um, like I said, it's all about prioritization too. Right. Going to say, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to ask so and so to do this and that, and then uh, this I'll just wait till later, and I can get to that when I when I get to it, right? Yeah. And sometimes they're going to have to be that way, and sometimes that, that might seem like you're disappointing people. Sometimes it may seem like you're like you're letting folks down. But I, when I found out the power of no. Oh, man. It's a beautiful word. Oh, oh, it feels so good. I'm saying one more time. No. I used oh, to yes. I did stand up. Yes. I had a joke. It's like, I have a speech impediment. I can't say the word no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that. Because a lot of people, and then I used to find that I had to learn that word a lot, too. Like, especially for me when I was at work. Cause you know I, you know I was the one person who didn't have any kids, who you know yeah. single. So you know when you don't have any kids and you know you ain't got nothing holding you back. You know you're the one that they first call on every time. Call in, call in. Can yeah. you come into work? No. No. What you doing? I can't come into work. It's my weekend off. Yeah. No. I'm no. You Good for you. No, and that, that that's like because. You know, no, and not right now have been. Uh, well, so if you don't come in, I'm gonna just they, they just gonna be in here. You gonna have to deal with that because I'm not coming in. No, right? No, 
It's, 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 really, it's really empowering. It's like you have to do what's good for you and you also have to balance work and home life. And that's why I was going to say, you know, saying that is a level of self-care, mm-hmm. you know, because we have to truly take care of ourselves. And if we are what I call colandering, you know, you shove all of it in the colander, it comes out in like 90 different holes, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you're doing that, that doesn't feel good. No. <laughs> It feels really shitty. So, you know, you have to say no to take care of yourself. You, you just have to, or you're worth, you're not worth anything anymore. Right. And it's like, you'll have some people that will say, oh, they, they, they like, they're too good to do this. They're too good to yeah. do that. People say that to me all the time. I'm like, look, I'm busy. I'm busy. Yeah. I'm one man. I am one man, and there are only 24 hours and in a day. And people just do that to try to guilt trip you and make and you feel And they're not going to guilt trip me, because guess what? He still ain't there. I still didn't do it. Uh-huh. He ain't like, he's too good to come help us now. Da, 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 da. Whatever, honey, I'm still not going to do it. You don't owe them anything. That right. bothers me. It's like they feel like, for some reason, because you, you are who you are and you do all the things you do, that you owe them something. Well, you know, I don't owe you shit. Right. You know? <laughs> Like, not a damn thing. thing. I don't thing. owe you not one single mortal fucking thing. And if I do anything for you, it's out of the goodness and kindness of my heart. And then a lot of time, most of the people who get the most mad about you telling them no are the people who wanted you to do something for free anyway. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, yeah. Are you are you serious? Yeah. Right. You and it's so funny. It's so funny. Because for you for, for free. Right. You're mad because I said no. And it's so funny because since my primary source of outside income besides you know my job is performing, that's one thing where they definitely try to. F- uh, hoodwink finagle and, oh, yeah. and get you to do things for free exposure we get exposure exposure for what so i can get possible paying jobs later on yeah. why don't you just pay me now and then they can pay me too yeah. like that, that 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 works better that way for me also uh, to my exposure um excuse me epb uh do you guys take exposure exactly no uh american water do y'all take exposure no steven's realty do y'all take exposure, exposure yeah no okay so i mean it makes no sense. And the Why? other one I love is practice. You can get some practice. It's like, dude, I've been practicing for 30 years. I'm really good at this. Right. So it's pay okay me. for you to pay me now. I mean, <laughs> pay you know, it's so And fun. then, like, what the, 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 <laughs> boils down to it's like, okay, like, there's that. And then also, you'll look around at this lavish event and realize there was a budget for everything except for you. Why? Yeah. Oh. The nice ass tables cost money. Those tablecloths cost money. The caterer that brought these things in cost money. The event coordinator that's walking around his uh, uh, clipboard, clipboard his, his uh, tailored blazer, yeah. and his headset uh, phone cost money. So you can you afford work- to pay all these things, and then people are paying to get into this event. Yeah. So you're gonna make a profit off of this event, even though you don't spent all this money. You're still gonna make a profit, but you can't afford to pay me. And then here's what really sucks: when you go to those people that went to that event, what's the thing they remember first? You. The entertainment. You. And you didn't pay them. Right. What the hell? Right. <laughs> You pay for everything else but the thing, the one thing that the people are gonna remember. Yeah. That's the old. Yep. Right. I mean, but don't get it twisted. I feel like at some stages in your life, like when you're fresh and you're coming out new, yeah, you got to do yeah. a lot of free performances and try to get yourself out there. But once you got to the point where you're established and you, you like, okay, I have put my goddamn feet on these goddamn, y'all calling me now. <laughs> Y'all coming to me now. You're asking me to do these events. So when they people start reaching out to you, that's when you can be like, That's when you start telling them how much. You're reaching out to me. How much you going to pay? Let me tell you how much that's going to cost. It's like, and here's the thing, but you also have to make sure that you are doing your due diligence on your end to make your brand valuable by prioritizing that time, like we said earlier. Making sure that you say no to you can take care of yourself. If you say yes to the right things, prioritize those tasks. You'll get everything done. You'll get it done excellently. That way you'll be a person worthy to be paid and worthy to be called upon also as a performer you need to make sure that you put yourself out there make sure your name has weight what you do has value and there are people out there that will love it but if you don't put yourself out there you don't exist and know your value that's another thing i had a hard time like okay um like people go well i pay you i go well i kind of no at this point callie this is my schedule these are my services this is how much i charge non-negotiable period Period. Exactly. Mm. And it's like, okay, and I feel a lot of artists are scared with that because mm. it's like, oh, well, what do you have to give me? No. Yes, Some people, the but then I feel like, and then you also have those artists that feel like they're too established. They want to ask for things. And you're like, 
Hey, man. <laughs> All you got is a couple of Instagram followers. What make you think that you are worth this much money? To that's the thing. For? That's the thing too. It's like that's what I mean about those performers. Your name have a way. Dave Chappelle does not get paid to be funny. Kevin Hart doesn't get paid to be funny. Yeah. These people get paid to fill seats. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino doesn't get paid to direct films. His name is put out there to yeah. sell tickets. Sell tickets. So it's like once your name has weight and people know that people are going to show up just because. Because you're there, that's when I'm starting to, going to be willing to pay you. That's how what I be trying to tell these folks. These folks that are like, "Oh, I ain't doing that because you ain't paying me." Who are you? Right. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you to tell me to pay you? I know if I put on a, sh- a show, I, you know, at least back at least two years ago, if I put on a show, I can at least get thirty to forty people to show up. Thirty, forty people at a ten thousand ticket—that's that's my worth right there. Right. As a performer, right. So you're telling so, but you're telling me that you can't even get five people to show up, but I'm supposed to pay you. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You have to build your value. So while you're doing that free stuff and stuff like that, at first to put yourself out there, that's what you're doing. You're building that equity. You're building that name because what we're working off of is the most valuable resource that anybody can have, and that's trust. Trust is rare. Trust is valuable, and when you have it, that's what makes you the most wealthy person in the world, right? And you have to be when you have that trust. It's you have an obligation to be worthy of it you have to be truthful you have to be uh have integrity and put stuff out there that is true you know representation and um, positive you know i mean positive in 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 a way that if it's at least if it brings people joy it's positive because i know sometimes i get on here and read people for filth and it's not necessarily the nicest thing But at least it's funny. Yeah. At least it's funny. I was, like, I was about to buy you a pulpit. You're preaching right now. <laughs> I love it. I was like, I've been looking at you going, I love you, Jarrell. <laughs> He's always preaching. You just go on. Where's the tea? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, Aisha said in the last podcast, not only in relationships do you have to be an and person, but in life you can be an and person. So Always. you can say, I do this, and, and I do this, and I do this, and I do that, but I also know how to say no. And I also know how to take care of myself. Yeah. And I know how to take care of the people around me. You feel me? Feel Right. So as far as I can say, that's our 2025 set change for today. <laughs> All right, love. I'm Jarrell Woods. I'm Aisha Woods. And we have our special guest. Callie Meister. Thank you guys for <laughs> listening. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I got a surprise, you guys. Coming up on the 26th of April, I will be doing a concert. My own concert. First song, uh, first one I've done in a long time. <laughs> my sister, of course, will be there to get, bring us some comedy and to host the event. Um, and I will have some wonderful local artists performing with me as well. It's going to be over at Stone Cup. Uh, make sure you guys come out. It's going to be amazing. Mark your calendars for that. Right. Yes, so. loves. Make sure y'all come out because I will be bringing the jokes. And it might twerk a little bit, you know, if I get flued out for class. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'll be hitting the notes. <laughs> Again, that's our 25 cent change. Goodbye, sugar pie, honey, bitches of love. Just for you, just for you, all I do. All I do.